This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King. Good to be back with you guys after a couple weeks. Joined here by Christian Clemente and Jason Caldwell for... What should be a pretty busy episode here, guys. There's been a lot going on here um, in the late April stage of the offseason. Of course, as we record right now, we are just a couple hours away from the transfer portal window closing here um, on Sunday. Of course, that only applies to to non-graduate transfers. Um, But as a result, the past 48, 72 hours for football um, has been filled with lots of transfer news. Auburn has yet to add anybody from the transfer portal here in this second window. But that didn't stop them from getting a lot of guys on campus. Of course, this is a really important weekend um, for getting transfer visitors. They had a bunch of guys here this weekend. Uh, They haven't brought anybody in just yet, but we wanted to get out of the way here at the beginning that there are some bat signals going up from the coaching staff as we record this here Um, on Sunday night. Christian, you know, we talked about before we got started. You guys have a decent idea of who that could be, but we just wanted to get out of the way. Time of recording. Obviously, we'll have more stuff later on. Um, if he does end up, if they do end up getting a transfer commitment. Um, but as of right now, there's uh, there's no commitment on board, but it seems like maybe there's one coming soon. Yeah, all signs right now are pointing towards uh, former Appalachian State outside linebacker, edge rusher, Jack linebacker, if he ends up coming to Auburn, um, Jaden McLeod, or is it Jaden or Jalen? There's so many transfers, it's all blended. This is Jalen. This is Jalen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jalen McLeod uh, transferred wow, to Auburn. He is never going to come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not if I'm on it. Um, if y'all two are on it, he might be willing to come on, but not if I'm on it. But um, all signs as of right now, you know, recording this Sunday night at 9, 10 p.m., everything points towards him committing. Um, the staff has obviously teased it pretty heavily as we've put on the message board uh, over at Auburn Undercover. Um, and you know, he's the he's the one jack linebacker target that's on campus right now um you hosted former james madison jack linebacker or edge rusher whatever you want to call it isaac ukwu um, for a visit earlier this weekend on saturday um, i talked to him after his visit he he said you know he wants to visit other schools he kind of felt like he has to visit other schools in a sense um and he said he felt like he was coming from a good situation at james madison um and he he felt like he had to make the right decision for his final year um, of college football um, and so he's not in a rush whatsoever to make a commitment. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit later in the show too, why things are slower with commitments now compared to the first window, but looks like Auburn should be able to pick up Jalen McLeod here within the next, you know, I mean, you guys are listening to this on Monday morning, probably there's a decent chance he might already be committed by then. Um, we're kind of playing this one, toying the line a little bit, um, but 
Jason, this would be a big pickup for Auburn at a position, huge position of need, um, especially after you lost Dylan Brooks. So you lost maybe a little bit of that depth um, and you need more star power and you need more numbers in that room. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, they're, you know, they hosted two guys at the same position, but they're really different types of guys. You mentioned Uko. And he, he reminds me more of a, a big bodied power edge rusher. I mean, he doesn't look that big, but seeing him in person, he's a guy that, that, you know, weighed 260 pounds. I mean, he's not real tall either. So he's, he's built. a big, yeah, he's a bigger, almost like more of a, a defensive end type. Whereas you look at McLeod, McLeod is a, the speed edge rusher, um, not as long as maybe um, you might expect, but he's six one six two. But he's a guy that can, can turn the corner at two hundred thirty pounds. Here's the thing about I think about him: he's a guy that if Auburn picks him up, gives you a lot of versatility in a defense. He can play a true outside linebacker spot, but he also has that pass rush ability that he's shown in the past. I mean, this guy had two sacks and two forced fumbles against Texas A and M last year in that big win, you know, in College Station. So. He, he has shown the ability to do that. And what he does too is, is, you know, if he's the guy, then you're talking about having, you know, Elijah McAllister and Keldry Falk and those guys on the other side that are bigger body guys. We've seen the past two years, Auburn playing multiple edge players. Well, this gives you the option to do that and have a, maybe a speed rusher on one side and more of a true defensive end as a Jack on the other side. If you have a Keldry Falk that's six six two seventy on one side, and then you have the speed guy on the other side. Gives you some versatility on the defense. So I think that's the thing you look at with a guy like McLeod is um, it gives you some some versatility and, and options. So uh, if Auburn does wind up signing him, um, to me that it would be an important piece because, as Christian mentioned, that's the spot where they have to have somebody that can come in and, and push that pocket a little bit from a corner. Yeah, because really right now, as Christian mentioned, you had Dylan Brooks enter the transfer portal. Um, you've only got – three guys there at that uh at that jack yeah you got three three scholarship guys and then hayden bryce is a a fourth guy that's it and and you have no scholarship returners from a season ago you don't have one player that's a scholarship player at that position that was on the roster last season and that's that's what they had to do was a rebuild yeah and it seems like we i we've been having this conversation about their pass rusher spot we've been you know using thin in the same sentence as their pass rushing position the past two years. And so, you know, they're still even, even with adding Elijah McAllister, the Vanderbilt transfer, even with Keldrick Falk having an incredible spring, um, you know, just, you know, showing what every, you know, every bit of why he's the top player in their class. Wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter um, for this team next season, even with all that, um, like you guys have just been talking about, you need one, if not two more edge guys um, to bring in right now. Yeah. You need guys and you need depth. Uh, Well, that was phrased poorly. You need studs and you need depth. Um, because Elijah McAllister, I mean, you've got him at Jack right now, but I really don't think he's a true Jack linebacker. I really, as Jason mentioned, fits a lot better as more of a true defensive end, maybe a little bit more of a kind of edge setter um, in the run game than pass rusher um, in that sense. Um, and Keldrick Falk, you really like his upside. Brenton Williams has some upside there as well, but you've got an older guy that's not necessarily going to be your true pass rushing stud. Um, and then you've got two young guys that you just don't know what you can necessarily get out of them in year one. So you need to add, you know, we're talking about Jalen McLeod probably being in the class. Um, I, I don't think that's the last Jack linebacker you'll see Auburn get. Now, whether or not it's Isaac Ukwu that joins him um, later on and commits and signs later on, or it's another guy that pops up, um, 
you know, whoever it may be, I do think Auburn gets a second Jack linebacker um, along with McLeod if McLeod ends up you know, joining the class. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I feel like this doesn't need to be said, but you know, some people, you know, just because the window closes, obviously, that doesn't mean they can't pick up commitments. That, that's something you see sometimes. Um, you know, that's just players entering. Auburn obviously will continue um, to go after guys over the next few weeks here. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Chris, I mean, you, you look at McAllister, um, he hasn't had a sack since the 2019 season. Um, and so, you know, he kind of dealt with some injuries, but you know, you have him and then a couple guys who are true freshmen. Um, and so, you know, McLeod would be a massive pickup as again, as we've talked about for this room, getting a transfer guy, you know, Mar- even Marcus Bragg, I remember us talking last year, not necessarily the most impressive transfer player in the world. He ended up being pretty important because of Eculiota's injury. Um, uh, but even back then we were like, well, it's important because he's a depth piece. Um, before we move on talking about um, Auburn's guys that have entered the transfer portal. Um, assuming there are no more, there are going to be no more after Sunday. Um, you know, maybe guys who are, you know, names popped up a little later or graduate guys. Um, Auburn had 10 players enter the transfer portal after the end of spring practices, which that seemed like a lot to me, but then I started running through. I was like, Oh, they, you know, they really kind of racked them up over the last um, few weeks. Like, like, you know, it's, it's not a lot in terms of looking elsewhere in the country. It's pretty, normal number but uh, it was Landon King and Colby Smith entering the portal here on Sunday um so me and Christian's guy Landon King officially uh officially on his way out uh, you never know he came back the last time he entered the portal but uh, but this time I mean he's he's already reported offers from Cal Utah Colorado stuff like that um and yeah. so hopefully he ends up in a better situation and hopefully he ends up sure. in a he needs to move back to the tight end room is what yes. he needs to be Jason and I have talked about that before. He's going the wrong direction as a wide receiver um, compared to being a tight end. So yeah. hopefully that's the case with him. Yeah, he's been trying to slim down, get faster. At, I mean, maybe you never know. We're not coaches, but yeah, like like you said, I agree with both of y'all that he needs to he'd be a little bit better at that tight end spot. Yeah, no, I think so too. And you're right. You know, it's 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 been crazy because nobody knew what to expect out of this portal window. Um, thought it was going to be really busy. It hasn't been really busy until the last 48 hours. And now it's, it is ramped up in a hurry. Obviously Auburn's lost some guys. There's also been guys going to portal that Auburn has moved on fairly quickly. McLeod, one of those guys hadn't been in there a ton, but um, you start looking at, at, you know, positions and, and we might as well go ahead and go there. Um, Quarterbacks been a position. Uh, It's been one that people have wondered about. And we've said since the, since the beginning, since before spring practice, that it was going to take the right guy, the right fit. If they found that guy, then then they would move. We saw them have a couple of visits in December, not really find the right guy they were looking for. Uh, didn't work out there. Um, now, Christian, they make a move with one visitor already on campus that that is taking a visit, currently heading into Monday as we speak, and then another one going in the portal uh, on Sunday that – could could be a player in the mix as well. Yes. Um, you talked about the right fit. Both of these guys are about the perfect fit for realistically what you are going to be getting out of this portal window, in my opinion. So you've got Casey Thompson, the former Texas um, and Nebraska quarterback, graduate transfer with one year left. That's the thing. You didn't necessarily want a young guy who still has a couple of years and might still need some more developing. You know, these guys need developing, but still – he would be inexperienced going into the SEC. Casey Thompson has done it um, in the Big 12. He's done it in the Big 10. You could get him. You could get Peyton Thorne, who's also done it in the Big 10 at Michigan State. 
Um, some people kind of freaked out about him and we'll break down some of their things, but he is Michigan State's single season touchdown record. He broke Kirk Cousins record um, passing and he's also a graduate transfer, but he would have two years of eligibility left because of that. In my opinion, that's why I think Peyton Thorne is a little bit of a better option that two years where you could get Peyton Thorne for this year. You could have Walker White come in, redshirt him as a freshman, learn behind Peyton Thorne. He could potentially take over, you know, whatever the situation is. Uh, but either one of these guys I think is a good situation. Jason, as you mentioned, I mean, Casey Thompson is on campus right now. If he says, hey, I want, I want in, I want to join, it's they, almost an impossible scenario where you can't say no unless you know for a fact, hey, Peyton Thorne yeah. wants to join. This is um, one and, of those – yeah, one of those bird in the hands is worth two in the bush kind of situations if you're Auburn football. Here's the thing you, you want. You want to give yourself another option. That's the key. Uh, the expectations are, that as we sit here, that by the time the dust settles here, maybe within the next couple of weeks, that T.J. Finley will have announced that he's moving on after graduation. I think people expect that. Either way, if you're Auburn, you're looking at a situation where adding another player to the room to compete in August when you roll out the footballs again, put the pads on. That's the ultimate goal. You're trying to improve your football team. Um, will one of these guys win the starting job? Who knows? But you will be a better football team by adding one of these guys. I don't think there's any question about that when you add an experienced player that's gone out and done it before. That's the goal right now. That's the goal. And here's the thing. Uh, for too many years, and we've talked about this before, for too many years, Auburn football said, you know what, i you know, we got this guy. We're, we're not going to recruit anybody else to that position. We're going to move on. Well, you can't do that. you got to go, hey, we got some guys. You know what we're going to do? We're going to try to get somebody better than you. We're going to try, try to get somebody to beat you out. That's the goal. That's how you have to do these things now. And so um, adding another weapon at the quarterback room to compete and to push, uh, that's what you want to do right now. And my feelings are that one of these two guys is going to wind up on Auburn's roster. We'll see which one it is, but my feeling is that one of these two guys is going to wind up at Auburn before everything's done. Yeah, and you've seen some varied responses that I I, I can't necessarily wrap my head around with either of these guys that they would not represent an upgrade to this quarterback room. Like you said, Jason, even if they don't end up being the starting quarterback, your room gets better. Correct. That's, that's, that's it. That's the goal. That, that's what you're trying to do. Um, here's the thing. If one of these guys doesn't win the starting job, that means that whoever's here competed pretty darn well in, in August. Yeah, so, it took a big step. Yeah, correct. And so that's that's it. And so right now, um, who knows what's going to happen? But like I said, I I think if you have one of these two guys, you know, the question for for Casey Thompson is health. You know, had the had the shoulder issue. Um, how you know we've seen him. You know, some things from him throwing the ball even through the spring. He did not go through the spring at Nebraska. Um, if his health is good and that shoulder is good then you've got two good options to come in and, and make your room better. Um, you know, and that's where Auburn is right now. Absolutely. And I think both of them are pretty solid rushing threats. Maybe you would give Casey Thompson a little bit of an edge there, um, but Peyton Thorne can do it too. Um, he doesn't move around quite as much, but he can do it. Um, so both are really good options. And, you know, the biggest thing that you guys just brought up is the competition. You know, we saw a couple of years ago, Bo Nix's competition was Grant Loy. And then the next year, um, as much as Auburn fans seemingly kind of don't like him as much anymore right now, his competition, Bo Nix's competition was TJ Finley. Um, and that was one of Bo's better years at Auburn. 
um, to be honest, before he got hurt there at the end. Um, and, you know, TJ comes in for the Georgia State game. Bo comes back next week for the LSU game after getting pushed and has maybe the best game of his Auburn career. Um, you need a guy that can come in and elevate that quarterback room. Current guys on the roster elevate potentially being the starter, whatever. I want to get y'all's take because I said I would probably prefer Peyton Thorne. Um, if y'all are picking right now, who would you pick for Auburn's quarterback room? Honestly, I have I have no idea to be quite <laughs> honest. I, um, I like I think both of them do different things. Peyton Thorne to me is a guy that that when I look at you know you look at at what they've done and people think running threat and Philip Montgomery has done it with done it with a running threat with RG three and so that's why I think about Robbie Ashford and I think about like look he's done it with a guy like that and RG three had some some pretty strong passing numbers there down the stretch but a lot of that was because of what he was doing with his legs and how much pressure that puts on a defense so. I've seen that side of things, but then Bryce Petty was not a running threat. I mean, he was an athletic guy, but he wanted a guy that's going to rush for a thousand yards, and they did some things there. So I see both sides of it. Neither one of these guys is Robbie Ashford running the football, not even close. I mean, they're they're not that guy, but they both shown the ability to be really efficient passers. So I, I honestly, if 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 he's healthy, um, and and he's a one one year guy, um, I, I think you start talking about. You know, Thompson is a guy that's going, hey, that guy could come in and and maybe because of his experience, having already learned multiple offenses, that might be a little bit of a benefit for them. Um, and so, I, you know, I think you got Peyton Thorne is a guy that's played in, in a very run-heavy offense, especially two years ago. Uh, and so he understands the importance of being able to do that and, and used to play action, some of those things. So, uh, yeah, it's like um, – to me it's a – Honestly, it's a no-lose situation. If you get one of these two guys, I think you make yourself better. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. And it goes back to I'm still puzzled by some of the responses from people. But, you know, either way, both of these guys would become the front runner. You know, I, we're, we're sitting here with a couple guys that aren't even committed. I, I understand that. But, um, you know, Auburn had the least efficient quarterback room in major college football last year. I mean, that's just that's just the complete facts. Um, this is not necessary. I understand Robbie Ashford, you know, making some developments. Again, we're going to assume that CJ Finley moves on after graduation. Um, and that's another thing too, just bringing somebody in so that it's not just Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner. Like if TJ Finley goes, you know, if CJ Finley moves on and, and decides to transfer, you've only got a couple um, scholarship guys. You look at a guy like Casey Thompson. I've been, I think the impressive thing there, like Christian mentioned earlier, is that he's done it at a couple at a couple places, you win the starting job at Texas over Hudson card. Then you move on. Like you said, Jason, new offense, new system, new school, and you win the starting job at Nebraska. He's already proven that he can move to a new place and win the starting job there. I think maybe in terms of athleticism, a little bit more versatile of a player, but like y'all talked about Peyton Thorne can do it as well in that 2021 season for, for Michigan state where, where they kind of came on under, under Mel Tucker, you know, Thorne was really good in that season. That's Christian talking about him setting the, uh, the program single season touchdown record, not the most in terms of percentage, neither of them really jump off the page. Um, Thompson is 63 and a half percent for his career. Um, Peyton Thorne is 61%. If you're Auburn though, with some of the percentages you've dealt with over the past couple of years, um, well, really last year when Robbie Ashford was your, you know, had the lowest per completion percentage for the program in like 20 years, um, you would take either of those. And so I think I, I maybe lean Christian in terms of 
long-term fit for the program with Peyton Thorne. Like I, I do like the idea of, okay, a guy's got two years after that. It's either a Walker white, you know, maybe holding Garner down the line, whatever, he, you know, you expect Hugh freeze to have the quarterback situation figured out in two years, regardless, you know, whether you recruit another guy, whatever it is. Um, but like, like Jason's saying, you know, bird in the hand, like if Casey Thompson's ready to go and that represents a clear upgrade at quarterback and Christian, you and I were talking before we got rolling. I think the difference these guys make is maybe a win next year. Like maybe if you were a six and six team without them, maybe you're a seven and five team. Maybe it's not the the biggest difference in the world, but quarterback play is a real concern right now. Um, yeah. So that's the thing for me too is if Casey Thompson's ready to go, I'm not. You you do not have a lot of leverage right now as an offense to say, yeah, we'll wait. If like you said, Christian, if you don't have an off, you know, an offer, if you don't have something in hand from from Peyton Thorne, him definitely saying he's going to come. I'm not sure you have the leverage right now to be able to say no, no to that. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe long term Thorne a little bit more. Of course, they've got to you know get him rolling first. You know, obviously Casey Thompson is the one visiting right now. But either way, you know, not not to put anything you know down on either Robbie Ashford or Holden Garner who have done some good things so far. And I'm you know still interested to see their development down the line. But if either of these guys decide to commit to Auburn, you got to think that's your starter right then and there. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I'll I'll say this. I, I don't know how many people would have been successful at quarterback last year in Auburn's offense. I, I you, you change offensive coordinators, just basically throw everything away you've done for the first half of the season, and then say, look, we're just going to have to run the football and, and do what we can in the second half. It worked. Um, that was a very difficult situation. And so um, we'll see. I, I think Robbie Asher's a talented guy. So um, we'll see what happens you know, I, I think we assume that, you know, they are going to bring somebody else in to compete for this job. But um, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting battle come August uh, to see what happens. Well, like you said too, Jason earlier, like Robbie has so many different tools. It's a complete shift on the other side of the, of the spectrum for what Robbie Ashford can bring to the table. So if Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery start getting something rolling like that, where they can get a running quarterback going and he starts making some improvements of the passing game, he just has these elements to his game. These other these other guys, they just don't have. They just don't have that that you know that ability to make those plays um, with their legs. And at the same time, these guys probably are more polished of passers. So, um, getting on here, Christian, we'll talk about a couple receiver. Talking about quarterback, you're not going to be able to do it unless they uh, maybe want to bring in a receiver, of course. Um, so, a couple guys who are both on campus at the moment. Stop me if I'm wrong. Or One's already departed. Already. One has already departed. Okay, talk me through. Um, Talk me through the visitor here from Colorado guy who's done a little bit on the field has been a decently productive receiver um, for the buffs. And then a guy who didn't do anything at Ohio state in terms of on-field production. But as you and I have been talking about this weekend, if Ohio state decides to take you as a receiver, you usually like that guy, usually like that guy's chances. So a couple different types of players, Auburn, uh, Auburn's hosting here. Yeah. Let's start with Montana Lamonius Craig. Um, And he's the one who left. He got in on Saturday, left on Sunday. Um, And he's a guy that, caught attention pretty quickly when he entered the portal um, because he had a really pretty big spring game performance um, for coach prime up there um, in Colorado. I think he caught like three passes for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Um, And then the next day he was in the portal and it was like, okay, well um, interesting what's happening there. Um, We don't need to get into the whole Colorado situation, but this is a guy that it does not seem like Colorado wanted to lose on just an absolutely pitiful Colorado team last year. He was, honestly kind of a bright spot. Um, he had pretty solid stat output, pretty solid player from watching him. 
Um, and Colorado's quarterback situation was probably actually worse than Auburn's last year. Um, so that's pretty impressive. This is a guy who's 6'1", 6'2", kind of right in that range of being in that bigger receiver, that bigger catch radius um, that Hugh Freeze is looking for. Um, so Auburn gets him on campus quickly for a visit. Don't get a sense there that necessarily there's a huge push from his end to make a commitment immediately, kind of like Isaac Ukwu. Um, you know, like in the first portal window, we saw guys, you know, if they didn't commit during their visit or if there weren't clear signs that they weren't going to commit, it was like, okay, well, they, they're probably going somewhere else because they had to get in for spring practice starting. They had to enroll somewhere. These guys don't really have to be in until, you know, beginning of June. And that's if they want to be a part of summer workouts, which most of these guys do. Um, but technically, you know, these guys wouldn't have to enroll until the fall uh, for fall practice in actuality. So it's a little bit more slow played um, and that might be the case here. Um, and it will be the case with the Ohio state wide receiver, Caleb Burton, um, who is departing on Monday. And I got a chance to talk with him already. Um, and you know, Nathan, you just mentioned it. He's a top 75 recruit in the 2022 cycle. I think he was the number 10 overall wide receiver. Um, if Ohio state wants a wide receiver, it's probably a good indication. Um, you know, before I even watched the film, people were asking on the board, what do you think about this guy? And I was like, look, I haven't been able to see him yet, but if I, if Ohio state wanted him, I would probably want him. Um, and got to watch him a little bit. Um, and got to talk with him. Great kid. Um, and his high school film was pretty electric. Now it does. He had some sort of injury, um, this spring in the first spring practice. And then he missed the rest of spring practice from that point on. Don't know what that injury was. It wasn't really reported what it was. Um, it just kind of happened and then it disappeared. Um, but, this is another guy who's not necessarily in a huge hurry to make a decision. Um, he told me he's got a couple of other visits lined up. Wouldn't say where, um, but he's originally from Austin, Texas. So I kind of get the suspicion that Texas, Texas A&M, um, maybe some of those schools are involved here. But Auburn's definitely involved. And, you know, Jason, we had talked about Jack linebacker and needing one, probably two guys there. I think receiver, now that you've seen Chick Dawson depart, now that you've seen Landon King depart, wide receiver seems to be a spot where – not a guarantee that you take two, but it seems really likely that Auburn takes two in this portal window. Yeah, I agree. And, and you think about, you just think about the, the need there for um, consistency, explosive plays, game breaker. That's, that's what you're looking for right now. And uh, I mean, I think, you know, Javarius Johnson's a guy that brings that to the table. Um, dealt with some injuries in the past, but he's not, not a bigger body guy, and that's okay. Um, you can do that, um, but you need some of those guys to, to be outside to perform and do some of those things. And obviously, you look at at adding, you know, uh, an athletic tight end. Rivaldo Fairweather should help to take some pressure off of those guys in the secondary. Camden Brown um, had a good start to the spring, got hurt there, and when he did, it seemed like it kind of derailed the passing game as a whole. They're late, you know, they were able to run the football, and actually, the offense performed much better in the second half of the spring as they started to kind of get a feel for everything. But it was a lot due to the running game more than the passing game. And so, um, yeah, they need some help. And you're right, though. When you look, when you think about wide receiver, you think about right now, um, Alabama's had some guys. But Ohio State is is kind of the gold standard right now in terms of wide receiver. They're going to have the top wide receiver in the draft next year, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And you think about – Adam this year. Yeah, and just think about yeah, just think about like Jameson Williams left yes. Ohio State because he wasn't the number one guy. 
He was like number four. Yeah, the guy who was in Heisman Trophy to Alabama. I mean, like he, he left there. That's what they've had. So, yeah, you're right. You're talking about athleticism and and finding guys. If you're talking about wide receivers, um, normally you're looking for a guy that's going to done it before. I'd take my chances with Ohio State guy that's going, hey, I just want my chance to get on the field. Uh, that's probably not a bad move. Yeah, people say, you know, people say on the boards like, oh, we're just taking other teams' scraps and stuff like that. If it's an Ohio State wide receiver, you take that scrap um, and you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, like you said, Christian, that's that's definitely a position of need. If not, just to kind of bring your numbers back up from the from the departures you mentioned, um, Chick Dawson and Landon King, both kind of in that same vein of looking down the road, kind of was hoping they would progress. You know, Auburn was hoping they would progress into something in the passing game. You know, small, shifty guy and obviously a big body target in terms of Landon King. But, you know, we, we heard good things about Chick Dawson this spring. Um, you know, he, I think he ended up committing to Cincinnati if I'm, yep. if I'm correct. And so, um, you know, That's both part of the guys, Nick Martiner trade. Yes. The Nick Martiner trade has now been completed. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. You know, You're going back to James Williams real quick. Got caught 15 passes at Ohio state, 15 <laughs> passes in two years and three touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. He was pretty good guy. Yeah. Alabama took some, some scraps and, and the guy was the best player in the country. So yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. opportunity um system all those things matter and uh yeah i think yeah you're right getting help at wide receiver would be a big deal yeah just to run through here before we'll we'll shift gears to basketball because uh big transfer big transfer visitors there as well but uh just running through the other guys um so 10 players transferred out um before uh, excuse me after the end of spring practice before the end um of this transfer window you had colby smith Backup offensive lineman. Um, you know, we like we liked him in terms of what he brought to Auburn, like his size. Um, looked like maybe he could be a guy down the road. He ran, he was their backup left guard. Um, this spring he decides to enter the portal. Of course, you had Landon King, uh, Dylan Brooks. So now, guys, uh only three signees remain from Brian Harson's 2021 <laughs> recruiting class, um, including the entire top 10 of that class. Um, it's all gone. So uh, you know, I know you know Jarquez Hunter. We'll obviously end up doing uh, doing a lot from that class and pulling a lot of weight there, but uh, there's really not going to be much more production from Brian Harson's first class at Auburn. Yeah, no, and you know it's unfortunate, but that's it's the age we live in right now. Um, the the advent of transfer portal and NIL things that the players fought for. With that comes a more business like approach from the other side. Um, this is not Deion Sanders purging an entire roster, but if you're Auburn, you're going, look, okay, we've got to make sure that the guys we have on this roster can compete for a championship. And you've gone through a spring. Um, I don't, they're not all that way, but there's no question that some of these guys are like, Hey guys, we just don't see you ever being that guy here at Auburn. And it might be an idea for you to go see if you can find somewhere else. I don't think there's any question about that. Now it used to be, unheard of and now you better be doing those things if especially as a new coaching staff to try to 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 be able to replenish do some things especially when you change systems do some stuff so it's a it's the way of the world now it's the way it's going to work at least for the the time being until something changes you're going to see more and more turnover every year um football we've already seen in basketball the past three or four years even with established programs uh and and so that's the way it goes 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and like you said, Jason, they, you know, you, you, it's, it may seem a little bit harsh, like you said, but, you know, at least for the players, they have those avenues now. You have the ability to just, you know, look at Landon King today, you know, on, on my Twitter timeline, you hop in the portal and, you know, within hours, you kind of are already setting up kind of like free agency, you know, well, this team wants me and this team wants me. Let me just kind of get my options in line here. So at least there is that advantage for players in the portal of if, if you're a good enough player, a player to be sought out by other programs. Um, then you can hopefully, you know, in your, in your case, you can have the sort of the pick of the litter. Um, there are other guys who entered the portal for Auburn. Uh, Craig McDonald came over from Iowa State, didn't really do much, was in a loaded secondary, decided to get on the move again. Uh, three linebackers, all backups. Powell Gordon, who, of course, was from Auburn High. Desmond Tisdall, kind of bigger guy, made some, you know, made some, had some run over the past couple of years as a backup, but didn't do much. Um, and then Cam Brown, Derek Brown's younger brother, signed a few years ago. He's going to be a fifth year senior now. Didn't really do much at Auburn either. And then, of course, we mentioned uh, Chick Dawson. I don't know if you guys had mentioned it on a podcast previously, but uh, Jeffrey Emba is probably the most, I guess, in terms of you know production, maybe the guy who's expected to be the biggest of this list at that defensive end spot. Um, but really, you know, not you're not losing a you're not losing a returning starter there. Um, and then you had also Tibetio Coley um, at defensive ends. I, I would probably point to Emba. He ends up going to Purdue. As Correct. being the top guy from that group, but but still nothing, it's nothing not a heartbreaker, nothing yeah. seismic for all. That, yeah, that's that's the one guy that you point to and going, you lost a a piece. The rest of the guys were guys that you might have played, but Embo was a guy that was going to be in the rotation on the defensive line. I don't know that he was going to be a starter, but he would have been a guy that would have played for this team. And so that's probably that's probably the one guy that you think about as as you know out of that group. A, a loss. The rest of those guys are probably guys that probably moved on. Yeah. So we'll switch to basketball real quick as we kind of move into the the ending part of the show. A couple big visitors on campus this week, Jason. You know, you got a chance to talk to to both of them as Auburn is still trying to fill that that wing position. They've already got a couple transfers committed. Of course, you get Denver Jones um, out of FIU, six foot three, six foot four guard, um, who, who packs a big scoring punch, twenty points per game. In Conference USA, and then Chaney Johnson, who's a really intriguing player, transfer out of D two UAH. He was the Conference Player of the Year there. Six foot seven, can play that three and four spot. Good shooter, good overall player. A um, couple guys on campus though this week, Jason. A couple leading scorers from another from a couple power programs. Um, you had Matthew Cleveland come in from Florida State. He was kind of a midweek visitor. That's a true wing. That's a true kind of big player um, who can play on the perimeter. There, six foot seven, six foot eight type guy and then a guy who who sort of popped as a surprise visitor 
Um, and, and really just sort of a sort of a high flying scorer as well. A guy from the SEC, Tyron Lawrence. Now, the interesting thing there, Jason, is that Lawrence is not built from the same mold. He's more of a six no. foot three. I mean, you can tell me exactly what height he was because you saw him in person, but he's yeah. listed at six foot four. He still, I think, could play that kind of wing spot for Auburn. But if if you're saying either or, which, you know, of course, we don't know. We don't know how this is going to turn out. You know, we don't know if it is an either or situation with these guys. Both of them really good three point shooters as Bruce Pearl continues to make that a pro. I mean, every transfer they brought in so far, even if they get either of these guys, you know, that they're, they're all going to be good three point shooters and they continue to add really good scoring or they continue to bring in guys who are going to add really good scoring if they end up picking them up. So tell me a little bit about those, those two visits, Jason, and, uh, and the differences between these two guys. Yeah, honestly, I, I think they're really different players um, that I think if, if both those guys said, Hey, we want to play together, then I think you're Auburn to go, Hey, perfect. We can make this work. Um, Cause I, I do think that Matthew Cleveland is, is a true three. When you think about Alan Flanagan, you know, Chris Moore, that small forward, big guard guy, that's to me what, Matthew Cleveland is. Um, he's a guy that's a rebounder. He'll go in there and be physical in the paint. Like he can do those things. And so I think about that as I think about him as a bucket getter. When I say, hey, we, you need somebody to go get a bucket, I think that's who he is. The guy that's developing, continued as a shooter. But I think he's a guy that that takes the ball to the basket. I, 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 I liken him more to Devin Cambridge, but with a better skill set. Um, that kind of player, a guy that's going to go inside and, and do some of that dirty work. And so um, I think he's more of that guy than Tyron Lawrence. I think is to me, I think he's a a big enough guard that he could slide to the three if you want to. Um, you know, but he's not that guy. He reminds me more of, of a Denver Jones. Uh, I think a guy that you bring in as as a shooter scorer gives you a bigger two guard um and, and adds to that depth too. But I think it does give the option to play, you know, as whereas Auburn the last couple of years it was almost an impossibility. We saw it just, Nathan, maybe twice for about 10 combined minutes all season where they played the three guards together. But that meant your three guard was six foot tall. Now, if you're talking about six three, six four, those are things that you can do. You can do that. Um, so I, I think both those guys do it. Tyron Launch is a guy that is a shooter scorer. Like he can fill it up a really good, really good player. And so it's a guy that's done it in his league. So, you got two veteran guys, two guys that have done it in major – I mean, SEC, ACC, you, you start talking basketball, you do it in those leagues, and, and you've proven yourself. And so, honestly, I I think if you're Bruce Pearl and Stephen Pearl and this staff, you go, hey, guys, we can make this work by putting every, every all these pieces together. Um, and they've got room. Um, they got room to do that and potentially add another big guy if they wanted to. they got some spots there. So, um I feel like Auburn is is in pretty good shape for both these guys. Um, you know, you think about both of them, Georgia kids, not far from home, easy drive for family. Um, that could play a big role in this thing for Auburn moving moving down the stretch. Yeah, that's that's something that I think needs to be noted for both these guys. Cleveland, I believe, just from outside the Atlanta yep. um, area, and then and then Lawrence from Georgia as well. So, as good of a job as Auburn does recruiting Georgia. Out of the high school ranks, they've also over the past few years done a good job of recruiting sort of, you know, quote unquote, hometown guys um, who are able to come, you know, play a little bit closer to home as well. I, I thought it was also interesting, Jason, a, a note in your Matthew Cleveland story. You know, we went earlier in the week um, to Atlanta. I almost forgot where we went, we went earlier in the week to Atlanta um, <laughs> to talk to Bruce Pearl. And, you know, I asked him or uh, somebody asked him about Alan Flanagan. 
um, you know, and, and kind of where he stands right now. And it was an interesting, uh, very impressive tiptoe job by Bruce Pearl to kind of, because at this point we all know that, that Alan Flint and his dad has moved on to Ole Miss. Um, it, he's not with the team right now in workouts. It, Alan Flanagan, it, it was very, very doubtful to come back um, to this team next year. And, and Bruce Pearl did, you know, kind of bounced around it and said, you know, well, after he graduates, you know, he has some decisions to make, which is factual. He's not lying when he says that. And then when he got done, uh, when he got done saying that, he kind of looked around all of us and he said, I did a pretty good job with that, didn't I? So even even he knows he's like, yeah, he's kind of tiptoeing around it. But um, you know, kind of the 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 middleman was cut out though in your in your Matthew Cleveland story, Jason, because he uh, he told you, yeah, you know, they're looking for somebody to replace Alan Flanagan. So it's like, oh well, there you go. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's not official yet, but I much like when we think about TJ Finley, I, it, the the surprising part would be if those guys were back on the roster at this point. And I think Alaflan is the same way. I, I fully expect him to go try his hand at professional basketball somewhere. You know, he's an older guy, the athleticism's back, um, you know, now an opportunity to go see what you can do. So we'll see what happens. But yes, uh, I think their Auburn's goal right now is to try to find that three to, to replace what Alan Franken brought to the table. In similar to Wendell green, it's Flanagan's kind of in the spot where it's like, how much more do you have to show at the college level? I mean, it, right. with Wendell Green, I thought that was the definition of that kind of a player. It was like, what you know, what else can you really can you really put on tape at this point? How much better of a player are you going to be? Maybe go ahead and turn that page and see what you can do at the uh, at the professional level. You know, overseas, G League, that kind of thing. Don't think either of those guys would really be expected to be um, to be drafted. So yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on the basketball transfers as much as the football ones, um, because like you said, Jason. They've got room for them. I mean, and in a completely ideal world, you could add, they've got the scholarship spots. You could add both of these guys. Um, and if you did, even if you just got, you know, one of them and then another transfer to kind of fill out some depth, I think Auburn, you know, is in a really good spot to have reloaded its roster um, for next season. So we're pushing, uh, we're pushing 40 minutes here, guys. Before we go, you know, we'd be remiss not to touch on the NFL draft for Auburn this weekend. Just kind of quickly, they did a really good job of uh, increasing their output from last year, you know, we were sitting there in the kind of sixth round range and I was thinking, all right, they quadrupled their, their output from last year when it was only Roger McCreary. Um, and then it's funny, you know, I was, I was hanging out with Christian in the complex, you know, waiting for these transfer guys. And I walk out the door and my phone rings and Christian's like, Hey, uh, Anders Carlson just got drafted. If you want to come back in here, <laughs> you want to come back in here and do the story just, uh, because full transparency, I did not have an Anders Carlson draft story, um, ready to go, but, uh, they get five guys drafted, Jason, you know, maybe, Ahead of time, if you had said that, you would have assumed that the fifth guy was was Eku Leota. You know, Leota gets picked up very quickly as a as an undrafted free agent. But um, man, you know, really good for really good for a guy like Anders Carlson to come back two season ending injuries for him. And then you know, in his interview with the Packers afterward, he was talking about you know how how pleased he was with his pro day and all his meetings and at the NFL Combine. He thinks he did a good job coming back, and uh, clearly he did by getting drafted. But everybody else kind of fell into their expected spots in terms of a uh, terms of draft positioning. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that Anders' last name helped him a bunch, probably to kind of get that foot in the door a little bit. Yeah, with the same coordinator that was with uh, Daniel in in Correct. Las Vegas, and so I think he 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 knows the the ability there, and he also knows the guy that's had two you know two injuries, um, not of his own doing, and and. I think the only thing for him was coming back, showing the strength and he was able to do that, you know, all the way back to that pro day. You could see the, the leg strength coming back for him. So that was a big deal. Um, now he's, you know, he's going to be two full years removed from, from a knee injury almost, which is a big deal. So uh, that was, a, that was a good one to finish off. Well, it was a pretty solid draft for Auburn when you think about, um, 
know, the guys that got selected, obviously Derek Hall was the first one. I think that's what everybody expected. Uh, and I think there's some good fits for Auburn in, in places they went to. To me, Colby Wooden feels like a Green Bay Packer kind of guy. Um, a blue collar, does whatever it takes. And the Arizona Cardinals needed help at linebacker. Owen Popo feels like yeah, he feels like a, a Kyler Murray on defense almost for a team like that. When you think about him, the, the speed guy, maybe not the biggest guy, but guy that runs around and makes plays. Um, so I think there were some some really good fits for where you know these guys wound up, and and uh, obviously you know now for them the the journey is just beginning as as well as a bunch of free agent guys. Yeah, and I'll touch on this real quick. I think Auburn getting five guys drafted comes at a very opportune time, um, especially after a year where you just had one guy drafted. You know, I talked to Isaac Ukwu, um, and he was talking about, you know, they need guys uh, because the guys they had just got drafted. And he was talking about Derek Hall, and he was talking about Echo Leota being picked up as an undrafted free agent. Look, if you're Auburn, you can't be a program that's producing one guy in the draft per year. Georgia just had its entire 21, 2021 defense drafted over the course of two years, you've got to be putting out at least four to five guys pretty much every year, to be honest. Um, and so that's a, you know, while those weren't Hugh Freeze guys, works out well for his program in recruiting where he can say, look, we just had five guys drafted, trying to build this thing back up. You can be next. You can join that. Um, and so that was my kind of big takeaway from the draft in general, that it comes in an opportune time as Auburn looks to reload um, in the transfer portal. Yeah, I agree, Christian. And as you try to get the program back on track to a position where you're saying we're not going to drop down to just one guy again, because we're going to be doing a good enough job at that, you know, consistently putting people in position um, to make that happen in terms of their NFL futures. I don't think you'll be in danger of that next year uh, at, at all, because I, two or three of these guys from the secondary are going to get drafted next year. And that's on top of, that's on top of whoever else, Auburn, you know, maybe Jarquez Hunter could go after his junior. I think it like a guy like Rivaldo Fairweather, as I'm putting together this, the story on what next year's, Draft class could look Marcus like Harris maybe. has potential. Honestly, Dylan Wade seems like he has some potential. I was just about to say maybe one of those transfer offensive linemen comes through and 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 does a good job and, and gets taken after one year. Oscar Chapman as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. You know, there there's there's a lot a lot of possibilities for this team when you start thinking about um you know what you got on the defensive side of the ball. You you got three corners and, and quite honestly, when you think about Keontae Scott, Nehemiah Pritchett. DJ James, you got three guys there that you think about are guys that, that have, to me, a very good opportunity. And then you mentioned that defensive line. It, it all depends on production. If Justin Rogers, like Kentucky transfer, comes out and goes crazy, that's absolutely a guy that, that then jumps into the fray. Um, you know, even a guy like Messiah um, Nasili Kite, uh, a guy like that. I mean, we've seen now the last couple of years, you know, got six one six two defensive linemen get drafted pretty high that have – at productivity to do some things. You're right. I think Dylan Wade to me, Avery Jones, those two guys on the offensive line, and heck, Jeremiah Wright's a guy that if he he's healthy and and takes another step, could be in there. So yeah, there's some interesting guys on this offense uh, that you could watch for. I would say like Jalen Simpson at safety too, if he keeps yep. taking that step forward Correct. like we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, Zach Etheridge's first thing he said about when I asked him about Jalen Simpson's move to safety. Uh, this spring, he said, "Well, that that's where he's going to play on Sundays. He's a, he's a Sunday player there." Yep, he um, got his his instincts, ball skills, all those things. That's now what they look for. The the safeties that weigh two thirty, right now, are a thing of the past because you can't hit guys anyway. You can't you you can't be that 
you know, Ronnie Lott, those enforcer guys over the middle anymore. You got to be able to turn, run, and cover uh, and make plays. And that's what Jalen Simpson does. And so, yeah, that's a guy, another guy absolutely that could be in the mix. So you got Derek Hall into the Seahawks second round, Tank Bigsby to the Jaguars in the third round, Colby Wood to the Packers in the fourth round, Owen Papo to the Cardinals in the fifth round, late in the fifth round, and then Anders Carlson to the Packers in the sixth round. Um, and then the free agent guys so far that have been picked up um, would be surprising, I think, if there was anybody. Everybody else was just kind of backup, so I'm not, I'm not sure who else would really go. Um, but Ekuliota is going to the Panthers. John Samuel Shanker is going to the Raiders. Shed Jackson, of course, who had that crazy 40-yard dash at Auburn's Pro Day, is going to the Bengals. Killian Zaire, um, of course, the offensive tackle, is going to the Texans. And then this morning, on the, all those guys were on Saturday. This morning here on Sunday, uh, Brandon Council signed an undrafted deal with the Jets. Um, and so I think, guys, I think we'll call it a show there, pushing about 45 minutes right now. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this one. It was really uh sort of an all-encompassing show of, uh, of really the past few days at Auburn that, like Jason said, have have picked up very quickly um, in the transfer ranks for football in particular. But you know, I would expect, as you guys do as well, I would expect this next week is going to be filled maybe with a little bit more pop in terms of guys committing, in terms of us figuring out you know these transfer avenues um, for, these, for these players, both for football and basketball. Um, so there'll be no shortage of news. Go check us out, guys. Auburn Undercover. Dot com. It was a really fun week over there. Lots of fun draft coverage. Lots of great recruiting stuff um, from Christian and Jason. And Jason also had coverage. Go check it out, guys. Auburn baseball won a huge series. We didn't get a chance to get to that. Um, but they beat number two South Carolina on the road. Um, they did. They weren't able to finish off today on the, on Sunday, Jason. But they were pretty close to doing so. And um, you know, yep. it's a great series for them. Huge, huge series both for for baseball and softball on the road at South Carolina, getting wins and. Um, softball finishes up the regular season this weekend in Mississippi State. Auburn has, oh, well, you beat number two. Now you get number one, number one LSU coming in this weekend. So uh, no rest for the weary. Yeah, and that's that's just SEC baseball and softball these days. You look at it, it's like pretty much all of them are up in the uh, up in the top 15. So we'll continue to have coverage of that for you guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys did enjoy it, go leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to your podcasts the bumper music is by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud and instagram until the next episode we will catch you guys later everybody enjoy the start to your week talk to y'all soon